Did you hear that? Did you feel something? What you just experienced is one of the many incredible acts performed by the brain in order to make sense of the world around us. That music, created in a room far from you, recorded in a studio, uploaded onto the internet, does not truly exist. It is not a tangible thing. In a way, it exists only in your mind. It is simply the vibration of air molecules connecting with your eardrums at different frequencies and velocities. Those changes in frequency create the pitch you just heard, while the velocity affects the amplitude or volume of the sound. Music has a powerful effect on humans. Across time, cultures, age, place, music is a constant presence and, amazingly, the physiological impacts it has are practically universal. When we hear music we love, our bodies display all the signs of emotional arousal. Our pulse and blood pressure go up, our pupils dilate, the electrical conductance of our skin is changed, more blood begins to flow through the muscles in our legs, and our cerebellum, the brain region primarily associated with movement, is activated. All this action in the body caused by something that effectively exists only in our minds. Welcome to Psychologia, the podcast where we explore the science behind why we do what we do. I'm your host, Amaya Perta. must begin with the mechanics of hearing and the ear, the entry point for all sound. The ear has three major regions, the outer, middle, and inner. The outer part of the ear, the part you see when you look at a person's head, is called the auricle, or the pinna, which comes from the Latin word for wing or fin. The ear canal is the central hole in the auricle and leads to the eardrum. The middle ear consists of the ossicles, which are the three tiniest bones in your body, the malleus, incus, and, tiniest of all, the stapes. The inner ear is made up of the cochlea, which is a small spiral-shaped membrane that gets its name because it looks like a snail, the auditory nerve, and the brain itself. Sound waves are funneled into the ear by the auricle and enter through the ear canal. The vibration of the sound waves causes the eardrum to tremble which, in turn, moves the tiny set of three bones in the middle ear in order, malleus, then incus, and finally, When the stapes vibrates, it taps against the membrane at the opening of the snail-shaped cochlea, and the fluid inside moves. This movement triggers the auditory nerve, which carries a message directly to the brain. The sound wave then begins its journey through the brain. First, it travels to the auditory cortex, where it is parsed into its most elemental features like pitch and volume. Then, the auditory cortex works with the cerebellum, the little brain at the base of the skull, to break down the information into its basic parts, pitch, timbre, spatial location, and duration. Here is where sound and music's power over your feelings comes in. 
The cerebellum communicates with the thalamus, which determines whether the sound poses a threat or is a sign of danger. The thalamus then passes the signal to the amygdala, the tiny almond-shaped neurons that act as your brain's emotional center. Along the way, the mesolimbic system is triggered and the dopaminergic pathway is activated. This pathway is responsible for spreading the neurotransmitter dopamine through the brain. This neurotransmitter is the substance that gives us the feeling of reward. It's the rush of pleasure we feel when we eat something delicious or have sex or do drugs. For this reason, it's linked to addiction, but it, it's also responsible for the feeling of chills that flow through our body when we hear musical passages that particularly move us. A recent study looked more closely at this dopamine rush and found that we are so attuned to music that we actually anticipate climactic moments and our brains begin to be flooded with dopamine about 15 seconds before the emotional peak is reached. This feeling of prolonged expectation and satisfying resolution creates a powerful emotional cascade. Think about the thrill of a crescendo, the pulse-quickening anticipation before a beat drops. Or the poignancy of a long-held note. These moments can have incredible sway over our feelings, leading us to laughter, tears, and elation. The longer the payoff is delayed, the greater the impact will be, something good composers and songwriters use to great effect. For this reason, music has long been used to manipulate the emotions and actions of others. Think of the songs played at the opening of a sports game or a political convention to amp up the crowd. or the role music has always played in religious ceremony, or the legion of mythical characters who used it to persuade and influence people. Pan and his pipes, the songs of the sirens, or, one of my personal favorites, the Pied Piper of Hamelin. According to legend, this wandering minstrel rat catcher rescued the villagers of the small German town from a plague of rats by leading the vermin away with his hypnotic flute playing, only to be jilted of his promised payment. In punishment, he began to play his flute for the town's children, who, unable to resist the magic of the music he produced, followed him off into the mountains and were never seen again. There are many who still believe the story to be true. In fact, the earliest town record of the village of Hamlin, written in 1384, reads, It is 100 years since our children left. The power music holds over us, be it in life or legend, is undeniable. There have been many studies that have attempted to discern whether certain chord progressions or notes have particular emotional meaning. While some have found this to be true, it now seems more likely that this is the result of cultural conditioning in which the repetition of specific musical themes over time has effectively trained us to respond to them in particular ways. However, a study done at Duke University several years ago found that some of music's emotional power may be due to the space between the notes, as in, the longer gap tends to make us sadder, 
while notes that follow quickly one after the other bring out more happy or angry or excitable feelings. Daniel Bowling, the cognitive neuroscientist who conducted the experiment, believes that this is caused by our ability to recognize speech patterns, or, in this case, musical notes that mimic speech patterns, and extract emotional meaning from them. In other words, when humans are happy, they chatter along one word following the other much the same way that a series of notes bursts forth and cascades through the air. When we are sad, on the other hand, words come more haltingly, with gaps in between them, like a slow piece of music. As humans, we are innately able to tell the difference, and we are affected by it. We feel sorrow when we hear sorrow expressed. We laugh when we hear laughter. So, the thinking goes, the same rules apply to music, which we interpret through the lens of speech. Music also has the power to make us move. Our brain treats rhythm differently than melody, and different regions are engaged in the process. The motor cortex is activated by rhythm, and this activation has strong effects throughout the body. Corticospinal excitability leads to the urge to dance, and a rush of blood to the legs causes foot tapping and the need to move around. Rhythm can even alter heart rate and respiratory patterns, sometimes even to the point that our bodies become synced up with the music. In fact, it has been shown that when we sing together, our heartbeats synchronize. This interconnection between sound and our physical bodies has the power to make us feel intertwined not only with the music, but with each other. This connection speaks to the power of the war drum, religious chanting, or the rhythms played during ceremonies. Through music, people can be bound to one another, to a single cause or purpose, almost as if they are one being. Perhaps the most influential aspect of music is its effect on memory. Music has a remarkable ability to take us back to a particular moment in time, to bring back people and things long since forgotten or dead, even to recall to us specific scents. This is probably due to the fact that memories are stored all throughout the brain. Because music activates so many brain regions, it tickles and reignites many different memory storehouses, powerfully bringing these recollections to the forefront of our mind. We often have strong memories for emotional moments, so the fact that music heightens our emotions can help us to encode memories with great detail. This ability to awaken forgotten bits of the past is so effective that it has been shown to work even with those who suffer from the greatest memory deficiencies. People living with dementia and Alzheimer's disease have been known to hear a piece of music and, although they can no longer remember their children's names, be suddenly whisked into the past, reliving, for an instant, a place or a person they would never see again were it not for the swell of sound.
Thank you for listening to Psychologia. This episode was created and produced by me, Amaya Perta, with writing help from Mario Rivera and original sound design and music composition by Cameron Carter. You can find all episodes of Psychologia on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Take a moment to write us a review. It really helps us out. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Psychologia Podcast or Twitter at PsychologiaCast and visit our website for show notes and supplemental materials or to subscribe to the Psychologia Report at psychologiapodcast.com. We'll be back next time with another episode exploring the science behind why we do what we do. We are